very warm welcome back to Inside Biotech, a podcast from Biotech Connection Los Angeles. For those listeners who might not know, BCLA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to inspire, educate, and connect emerging scientists and entrepreneurs to grow and diversify biotech in LA. We want to bring you along for the ride, so here we bridge science with storytelling to bring you the most novel, up-to-date, and thrilling news on the biotech world in SoCal. My name is Dr. Yuande Pierce, and I'm excited to continue being your host. I'm so thrilled to welcome you to our second year of the podcast. If you want to stay informed about current progress and developments in biotech, then you've come to the right place, and the more you come back, the more you learn. Each month, I'll be talking with different scientists, entrepreneurs, and investors about the cutting-edge science that goes on inside their companies, touching on a range of themes from across Southern California's biotech industry. We're kicking off the year with Dr. Sean Carbonell, co-founder and CEO of Brazen Bio and co-founder and managing partner of Brazen Capital. He's a graduate of the University of Virginia Medical Scientist Training Program and completed postdocs at Oxford University and UCSF. After a major discovery in brain cancer, Dr. Carbonell quit his neurosurgery residency to co-found his first biotech startup, OncoSynergy. He raised over $20 million in dilutive and non-dilutive funding and led the development of the first in-class therapeutic he invented, OS2966. Today, at Brazen Bio, his mission is to establish the Y Combinator of Biotech to help founders overcome the tremendous obstacles that are unique to this industry, obstacles that he personally faced when starting his first company. He sees great value in encouraging more scientists to become CEOs, to launch novel technologies beyond the laboratory to advance human health. More after this quick note from our sponsors. My name is Kathy, and I'm the co-executive producer at Inside Biotech, a podcast presented to you by Biotech Connection Los Angeles, and I'm here with some messages from our sponsors. Canon Design is a global, living-centered design firm that has helped leading biotech and science companies create spaces around the world where people and science flourish. They are consistently recognized as one of the most innovative design firms on the planet. Siddhartha Mukherjee, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author and cancer researcher, tells us, Science begins with counting. To understand a phenomenon, a scientist must first describe it. To describe it objectively, he must first measure it. As fellow scientists, we all agree that measurements are the foundation on which everything else is built. And yet, as we start to apply machine learning techniques to more areas of research, there is an appalling lack of measurements in the machine learning field. Brainom.ai changes all of this with our data compiler the first measurements-based tool for bioinformatics research. If you want to incorporate measurements into your computational work, be it biology, chemistry, genomics, or physics, then visit www.brainome.ai for a free demo version of the software. Science is the storytelling of our time. A poignant quote by William Owen Thomas, it bridges the typical cavern that is assumed to exist between the scientific world and the narrative world by expressing that science and its discoveries are part of the larger novel of the 21st century. Being able to relay the plot twists, cliffhangers and themes of science, however, can be a challenge. 
and succeeding in the writing of your own scientific story is even more challenging. To learn more about scientific influencer culture, the newest and most accessible form of storytelling, and how to coax and write the next biggest science innovations, we sat down, still virtually, with Dr. Sean Carbonell, founder of Brazen Bio. Hi, Sean. Welcome to Inside Biotech. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you on our episode, actually, after a little break. So we're keen to jump into the questions that we have for you and learn a lot more about um, Brazen Bio and yourself and journey. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, I mean, just to set the scene, it would be great to hear a little bit about how you got here. Specifically, we'd love to hear a bit more about what you saw lacking in the neurosurgical training and how you endeavored to find it by starting Oncosynergy. Sure. So, yeah, Oncosynergy is my, the first biotech startup I founded back in 2011. But it's, it's much less about what I saw lacking in neurosurgery. It's more me thinking what more could I do to have more impact on the world, more positive impact on the world. So you can see it in my path. You know, I've had multiple sort of evolutions of my career. It started with me being pre-med, of course, and I was I had every intention at age 19 to be, become a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. I had some very um, influential mentors who really convinced me that, you know, the field is still a baby and needs to be advanced through research. So they got me on the academic neurosurgery kick. So that was the first sort of evolution is, you know, doing research to advance the field as well as practice uh, neurosurgery. And then, so that inspired me to do the MD-PhD program, uh, fully funded by the NIH, the MSTP, or Medical Scientist uh, Training Program. I did that at the University of Virginia, where my mentors trained, in fact, in neurosurgery. Um, and I frankly wanted to become the best academic neurosurgeon in the world. So I actually, after graduating with my MD-PhD, postponed residency training in neurosurgery to do a postdoc at Oxford. Wow. So I was very fortunate. Uh, there was a position open exactly in sort of the field that I wanted to be in, which is brain cancer. And I jumped at it. And uh, it started off as me going there for one year to do a postdoc. And it ended up being three years, and it was uh, one of the most formative experiences of my life. I made a fairly big discovery covered by BBC and and um, and Nature Neuroscience, and that led that planted a seed really for you know potentially developing a new drug out of this finding. And so, not for the first time, but for the first time seriously, I thought about actually leaving clinical medicine and just pursuing uh, this drug through a startup. And that's what ended up happening after, um, you know, in, in 2009, I came back to the States, started my residency here in Los Angeles at Cedar sinai very fortunate to, uh, to have a very nice uh, soft landing and a very nice package uh, for me here because they actually made me a faculty member as well as a resident. Wow. Um, but I just couldn't get this idea out of my head. It was literally burning a hole in my brain, uh, bad, bad analogy, but um I, I I just couldn't stand it. it. Four months later, I quit uh, neurosurgery residency. Uh, I moved to San Francisco mm -hmm. um, to, with dreams of starting my first startup, Onco Synergy. It's such an incredible story. I mean, the fact that you wanted to practice, you wanted to become a neurosurgeon, you knew that very early on, and then just had this 
inspirational experience it felt like at Oxford and then finding something so incredible that could then actually become a treatment is an amazing story. And I love the flexibility with which you were able to change course and enter into this completely different world. I think a lot of academics, uh, you know, they have their sights on whether it's becoming a professor or being a clinician if they're, if they're already an MD. I mean, what a jump to, to take. How was that sort of entering that world? Is, was that something completely new to you or had you had some other contact with business previously? It's, uh, it was the hardest decision of my life. And, you know, a lot of us academics uh, have this tie of our career to our identity. And so when you decide to change your career, uh, you have an identity crisis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I always end up identified as a, you know, as a rising neurosurgeon. Then I no longer was. And I was like, and I, I and it, you know, you get feelings of failure, you get feeling, so all these feelings creep in and that's natural. Um, you get all this anxiety, but I also had a personality where I just, you know, buckled down and, and got things done. And I was really motivated again by having the most impact. And, you know, it's a simple, simple algebra for me. I can have a much bigger impact on many thousands more lives if my drug makes it to the market to benefit patients than I could with my own two hands operating one patient at a time, right? Yeah. Um, so that was that was a simple sort of macro view for me. On the micro level, of course, it was difficult. Uh, like I said, I, I had been thinking of becoming a neurosurgeon for for over 15 years and and it was a it was a hard pivot <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean not for the faint-hearted and definitely a lot of courage to do that but i mean looking back i'm sure you have no regrets because it seems to have very much paid off yes i i have no regrets about it uh i have i have some regrets about how it went down because i wasn't uh I was basically completely burned out in the hospital after four months because it was not only not what I wanted to do and I felt it in my soul uh, because I had already sort of made the decision I want to pursue this drug, uh, develop this drug, but also it was, you know, 100 plus hours a week in the clinic. Um, oh, wow. And it was just really brutal. And so yeah, I wish I wish uh, I wish I left on better terms, um, although I can I can say now that uh, my former chairman and I have had Zoom discussion um, recently and, and, and everything is, is cool and hopefully we can collaborate in the future. Awesome. And I like how you kind of summarize by the macro and the micro view and having the same goal, but achieved in a different way. I think that actually your story is really unique in that not a not you know not many people for good reason are willing to take that risk and sometimes career paths are really easy to sort of see along what's going to happen in 5 10 15 years and you did something quite different and uh, now you're in a new position but one of the most incredible things actually is alongside having been on this path for neurosurgery and then creating your own drug. You also have an incredible social media following. So you've got over half a million followers on TikTok, which is incredible. Uh, so I'm sure that your story resonates with a lot of people, but there's also an, an additional purpose to your TikTok. So could you explain a little bit more about what makes a science influencer and about your science influencer philosophy and how you are able to effectively science storytell in the way that you do to such a wide audience. Because I mean, talking about a hundred hours a week, I don't know how you also have managed to create such an incredible platform for yourself at the same time. 
Absolutely. No, thank you for that. Uh, you know, again, it comes back to the first thing, which is impact. And, and it's about, you know, social media has been fantastic. It's a great outlet that I never had when I was growing up. And so I was basically by doing social media, Instagram, TikTok, and more, more recently, Twitter, I'm trying to you know, send the ladder back down and inspire the next generation of STEM leaders. And I always viewed it as that guy. I tried, you know, in neurosurgery residency, you know, my first month, I tried doing some blogs and such, mm -hmm. and uh, I could just never get enough time to do it. And then there's absolutely no traction, of course, because you start from zero. There was, yeah. no media, there was no medium back then. There was no sub stack back then. You literally had to just start a blog on a web page of your own and there's yeah. so there's no distribution <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well tumblr yeah so in facebook as well but so there's it's very difficult to get distribution for that content and so what i decided you know after i left neurosurgery and already started onco synergy was i would nano blog and so i decided to do that on on instagram and just you know post a picture of science or science related something in the lab and then i'd write a mini blog um, entry. And that's how I started. That was in 2014. And you know, it took about seven years to get over 10,000 followers on Instagram, um, which is crazy when you, you think on TikTok, it took me less than a year to get half a million. Wow. Um, so so yeah. the distribution has gotten um, better, <laughs> uh, which only helps the cause more. Absolutely. I mean, I guess TikTok really took off around the beginning of the pandemic. So your timing was really good. Had you sort of made a conscious decision to move on to TikTok for the fact that it's more kind of personable and in terms of having a lot of video content, or was it just, you know, you decided at the right time? Uh, I, I can't take much credit for it. I, I will credit two other things. Number one, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, who's, you know, this uh, entrepreneur on, on, all the, on, on, all, on all the social media channels. And he he's, he doesn't like to be called a motivational speaker, but he motivates me every day. I listen to his podcast first thing when I wake up. Anyways, he was saying in 2020, you know, just turn the camera on yourself and start talking, um, provide value, and um, and basically um, document the journey, right? And so yeah. I was I'm an introvert, so I was always camera shy. Wow. <laughs> yes. So it's it's surprising, but social media tends to be a haven for introverts because you get to interact with people on your terms. Um, mm -hmm. it's literally just you and a camera rather than a bunch of eyeballs. And so I, I wasn't ready to jump in to be frank. And so the other credit goes to TikTok. They literally reached out to me in the spring of 2020 and, and not them directly, but, uh, an agency that they had hired. And so they saw yeah. my Instagram content and they're like, you know, TikTok is, is blowing up. We'd love to have more educational creators. We have this program called the learn on TikTok program, and we think you'd be a great fit. And so I basically signed up for it. It took me about a month to decide, but Gary V kept hammering it in his content. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. If I don't like it, I don't have to do it. But uh, I started getting traction immediately. My first intro video on TikTok, uh, you know, had six figures of views. And at wow. that time I only had 1500 followers. Um, so it quickly took off from there. And, and I'm still in the, in the TikTok program, um, which is fantastic. 
That's incredible. I think TikTok is a really powerful platform, especially for science communicators. And especially at the time of, you know, over the last two years when science has really come to the forefront. And I know it's a different field, but I think just being able to communicate with an audience, a broad audience about the work that you do. I'm just wondering a little bit about the stories that you tell, if you have an example of a particularly uh, successful story, science story that resonated with your audience. Yeah, I mean, so there's never been a greater time to be your authentic self on social media. And uh, TikTok has shown that, you know, random people who just post their personalities in videos are now TikTok famous and have millions of followers. Um, so it's like a reality show of one. And that, and that's the power of the platform. And so I guess in the same way, it's, it's allowed me to embrace my weird because I'm pretty wacky. I have an offbeat sense of humor that does not come across on Instagram. A little bit in the text because I have snarky text, a little cheeky, but um, on video, it's a whole new level, of course, as you know. Um, so that's that's really, um, you know, and I'm, I'm a creative person. And so that's given me a lot of freedom. And frankly, I don't care what people think. I was, you know, a lot of people, most people are have fear of judgment. And it's another mm -hmm. lesson from Gary Vee not to, not to listen to that and just keep doing it. Because no matter what you do, there's going to be haters and there's going to be, uh, people who who like you so um it's sort of out of your control um as far as a good i mean i i went super viral with my vaccine videos right so my content mm -hmm. is a little bit different than other science communicators um in that all the science is basically mine and so this is a lot of basically primary science information and, and just you know primary experiences um i'm, I'm going to start doing some venture capital stuff but but this is, you know, the science I talk about is all mine. So I talk about yeah. the drug I invented, OS2966. Yeah. And in the spring, I started, um, I started taking my own blood and testing for COVID antibodies after the vaccine. Um, and of course, that's a really charged issue. And so yeah. it, uh, my, my fourth video went super viral in July, 16.6 million views Wow. currently. And then that just, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's basically what I'm known for on TikTok. And I'm, I'm trying to branch out from there, of course, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sancor is improving patient lives using pioneering XMAB technologies to discover and develop better biotherapeutics. Zancor has created or contributed to over 20 therapeutic antibodies and cytokines in ongoing clinical trials, and three XMAB antibodies are FDA-approved or authorized under emergency use. Zancor is looking for scientific talent and offers the opportunity to work on cutting-edge biology in an environment to grow your career. And this year, they move into brand new labs in Pasadena. Learn more and apply at xencor.com. Wanted to kind of pivot a little bit, talking about uh, your goal, which is impact. And you're obviously someone who has lots of different interests and approaches. But one of the, the things that we wanted to talk about today was Brazen Bio. So, I mean, why do you see a need for Brazen Bio today? It would be great to kind of jump into a little bit of the goals behind it. Sure. Uh, yeah, Brazen Bio is my new startup uh, founded last year in 2021. The goal is simple. 
The macro goal is to help scientists become more fulfilled in their work and lives. Um, and under that umbrella, we have three missions. Number one, create more scientist CEOs like myself. Number two, promote STEM careers. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's so many STEM careers out there. A lot of people that most people, you know, who get a PhD end up in industry, but a lot of them didn't know that the job they're in even existed because there isn't a lot of yeah. uh, transparency in that. I mean, there's manufacturing science, there's the, the business development side. There's, there's so much you can do in industry, not just bench science. Um, and then of course, finally, science communication, uh, something I already do. And so, you know, those are, so those are our broad macro goals. Um, uh, in the micro, what we're doing is we've launched the Brazen Fellowship, which is like Y Combinator in that it's a startup accelerator program, 10 weeks um, in person here in Los Angeles. We provide laboratory bench space as well as a place to live uh, here in Brazen House. And Brazen House is the world's first biotech uh, launch house. And uh, we also provide funding through our partner, Brazen Capital, which is our venture capital fund. And so the whole idea is, again, just to get, you know, there's so much science that never leaves a lab. And so the whole goal is to get that science out of the lab to benefit humanity. And we see that the scientists themselves are the best people to do that, become the founder CEO. And we're here to support that. I love that. I think that mission is so important because like you say, a lot of people who take the PhD route or start off in academia have very little kind of direct experience with industry. I think being in a lab is a very kind of, you have tunnel vision, you have to, you have all of, you know, all of this lab work to do. But outside of that, I love how clearly you create that connection between sort of academia and the work that you're doing and how it can actually make impact within industry. I think it's really refreshing and really unique. So for this program, what kind of um, what kind of candidates do you have come through? Is it a mix of different backgrounds from different disciplines? Could you expand a little bit on that? Yes, uh, I, I recommend uh, also looking at our website at our manifesto. It's a, very, it's a one page. It's literally uh, an image that, of a handwritten note that I scrawled last August. Our number one goal is to be founder friendly first there are multiple barriers to entry for, for a biotech founder. Um, often, if you don't come from, for instance, a Harvard, famous Harvard lab, um, don't already know VCs, don't have connections to the industry, you're already behind, behind the eight ball, so to speak. And so what we try to do is, you know, we look at all potential technologies. We're focused on human health, though, so we're interested in therapeutics, medical devices, diagnostics. And we're also dabbling in consumer wellness, um, which are plays that can potentially have more impact sooner because hopefully they have less regulation. And so th that's what we're focusing on human health. Beyond that, we're betting on the people. So you know, when you're betting on the early stage startup, it's basically 90% about the founder and the scientist um, and then 10% about the idea. So we're betting on people. Um, if they have great ideas and they, they've shown traction on that, those ideas, either through um, uh, patent filings or papers or, or some preliminary data, um, then, then we will give them a good look. That's really, yeah, I love that. And I also love uh, Brazen House. I don't think that, I think that would be the first of its kind <laughs> um, down in Redondo Beach. That's, yeah, I'm, it's a really cool, fresh approach. Another thing that is also really cool about Brazen Bio is the logo. So we would love to know a little bit about how that came to be, because I, I bet that there's a great story behind that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's, it's really random, but um, I just, I, you know, it's a very eye-catching symbol, you know, the parental advisory um, guidance. 
Um, and so it came from a screen. I basically scanned the Dr. Dre, the chronic CD. Yeah. 2005. So I, I scanned just the parental advisory part, saved that Photoshop file in my computer. And, and I thought I was going to use it for a logo of some kind. And so that was 2005. And so that's been writing in my files <laughs> for 15 years. I almost made it. Uh, <laughs> I almost made it a wine label because uh, I have, I have uh, a winery and um, you know uh, a nano winery in San San Francisco. But um, I decided to keep it for something else, um, and I'm glad I did because uh, it was a perfect fit for Brazen Bio because it's it, it's very eye catching. It's Brazen. It is. You know, um, and it does get you thinking about. Yeah, just sort of being uh, bold and 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 doing things outside of the ordinary, um, and so that's that's basically it. I, I refashioned it last year, uh, took that fifteen year old file and, and turned it into what it is. We've since um, uh, converted into into our logo for Brazen Capital as well, um, and uh, are doing some other creative things with it. That's great. Thank you for sharing that story. I think also as a fan of um, <laughs> of that album, yeah, it's really <laughs> cool to see. <laughs> um, so let's just stick on um, Brazen Bio for a bit longer. We'd love to hear perhaps success story from one of the um, founders that have come through Brazen Bio and the process behind that. Sure. Well, let me let me start um, even before that because. Brazen Bio in itself is a success story. Um, as I told you, we, you know, we basically incorporated the company in May of last year, and in four months we launched from nothing to what it is today. Now, in four months we incorporated, recruited nearly fifty senior fellows, which is which are, are is our advisory board, um, all sort of science and and professional um, leaders in the field, KOLs, if you will. Key opinion leaders, we crowdfunded a round on WeFunder through regulation crowdfunding, three hundred thousand dollars. We recruited the Brazen O One founders for the first cohort of the Brazen Fellowship. We ran the incubator. We threw a smash party at Brazen House in October, um, and before the end of the year, we launched a venture capital fund. So we did all this in six months essentially yeah. <laughs> from zero to, to that. And I mean, that's, so that's, that's the first thing I'd like to say. And, and um, as far as uh, in successes from the cohort, um, there are many, um, unfortunately, two of the, co two of the uh, companies are stealth, so I, I can't talk about them, but uh, one of the companies, Petrie Bio, we love, we love the founders, Shu and Joe, in the middle of our cohort, they were able to not only close a, um, in this BIR phase one grant, but at this, the same week, they were able to close a venture capital round, a pre-seed round, a uh, six-figure round. And, and uh, one of the investors who participated was one of our first speaker in for our Tuesday evening dinner series. Um, so, so that was really cool to see. And they're off to the races now. Wow. And so just I just want to uplift the fact that this all started in May of last year when actually one of the worst times of the pandemic. So it was this second wave and you managed to achieve all of this in that time. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, we still can't believe it ourselves. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to honestly, be honest, such an amazing success story. And thank you actually for sharing that about Brazen Bio as well. And then um, a couple of these um, success stories through the cohort as well. I'm wondering sort of 
thinking back to to May, was this what you expected? Was there anything that you know came as a surprise? We we set all these goals out in in May, and and it, we we we're still again pinching ourselves because it was exactly as we envisioned it. We we thought it was probably over ambitious, and and we wouldn't be able to accomplish all that. But we did somehow, and on top of it, we threw this you know sixty person party at at Brazen House mm-hmm. that was fully fully um, sponsored and was a benefit for also MedTech Color. Um, we were able to do all that. Um, <laughs> so like like I said, we had, we had our year review. Uh, Brent and I, my co-founder, and and all the stars aligned, and we were just sort of pitching ourselves and um, shaking our heads. It's uh, it's been amazing. It's incredible, and I am so excited to see what happens over. If that happened in the last like year, just imagine sort of the next year and beyond. Which actually, I guess, brings me to the natural next question, which is what the next steps would be for twenty twenty two and beyond. I feel like things are um, as pre- unpredictable as they've always been, but I think something that seems to be very solid is your mission and the goals and the many different brains behind. Um, brazen buyers. So could you share a little bit about what you see for the next year? Yes, there's so much. And I'll start with team, right? So we just brought on uh, Rachel Strohmeyer to lead our marketing and she's been doing an awesome job. She's been doing outreach uh, to biotech clubs around the country, including BCLA, of course, uh, which is why I was on a panel a couple of weeks ago um, at USC. She has been, done a great job with that. She's also leading our community management and, and general brand awareness. Um, so we're, we're making a big push because, you know, we again, we've started from zero. So it's a chicken egg problem. A lot of people still don't know who we are. So a lot of what we're doing is media, not not just social media, but, um, you know, we just launched today a Substack newsletter. And I know um, some of your officers are subscribed to that, uh, but yeah. they'll see that. And so that'll be biweekly offering, maybe weekly um, eventually. And that's you know, the, the pulse on Brazen Bio world, both Brazen Bio and Brazen Capital. Um, the, you know, we just launched this, speaking of science communication, we just launched this Brazen Creators program where we're sponsoring um, science communicators on TikTok, LinkedIn, and, and Instagram. And we give them not only swag to wear, but we awesome. give them stock options in Brazen Bio. Um, oh, that's cool. And so they share in, in our success uh, down the road. Of course, it's uh, stock options. No, no promises, but it could be a big type thing in, in the future. Um, so yeah, so we're trying to find unique ways to in, to encourage people to communicate their science, and so that's that's a, a brand new program. And then we have lots of we have lots of things in the pipeline. And I'll just list those off. We have you know Brazen Capital. We have we're still recruiting investors for that, um, <laughs> also known as limited partners. Um, our first close is is coming up soon. Brazen Summit is an event we're throwing in San Diego in June. And the theme is the rise of the scientist CEO, and it sort of speaks oh, I love itself. That theme. Yeah, more more information in the newsletters to come, but it should be a great event. Uh, again, focused on on scientists, CEOs, and, and founder led bio. And then that evening of that event, we're having a launch party for our second cohort, Brazen O2, which is you know our next batch of founders in the Brazen Fellowship. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's the first half of the year, the last half of the year. Not sure if we can fit in another batch because the first, the second batch has already been delayed due to COVID, due to Omicron. Yeah. Um, so who knows what will happen? Um, but we also hope to do a larger event in the fall. It's called Brazen Con. 
And so that is going to be basically an umbrella event encompassing our entire vision with tracks for STEM careers, science communication, and scientist CEOs. And so, so we got a lot on the, on the plate right now, um, and a lot of it does depend on COVID and other things. Yeah, and it does. But I, I just, I mean, for the first half of the year, there's so much going on. And then the second, so um, Brazen Con, I would love to go. I think that sounds really great. And I love how you bring in all of these different uh, aspects that actually fit, fit into one vision, which is very clear. So for the listeners who would want to get involved, either maybe want to apply for the Brazen Fellowship. The Brazen Fellowship. So for anyone who wants to apply for the Brazen Fellowship or to, I know you can sign up for your newsletter through the website, so we'll have details in the notes. But there are, are there any other resources or anywhere else that you can direct the listeners towards if they want to find out more? Sure. I mean, the website is probably the best place to go, brazen.bio. We also run, obviously, brazen.capital. But uh, all of our links to social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Substack. And also our Discord are on there. So um, just, just real quick on the Discord, you know, Brazen House is the physical home base of Brazen Bio. Discord is our sort of virtual home base of, of Brazen Bio. And we hope to um, make it a, a place again to, to spread our impact. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Sean, this has been such an incredible conversation. I think you as an individual and also uh, Brazen Bio and the work that you're doing is so inspiring and really fresh. And I'm just so glad that we were able to share some of the work that you've been doing on the podcast this month. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To find out more about BCLA, check out the show notes and our website, bcla.org. If you like the show, please, please, please subscribe. It only takes a second. And if you have another second, then please share. This podcast is a BCLA production. Thank you to our podcasting team, co-producers Kathy Grish and Ananta Wadwa, Shay Michael for sound design, Daniel Grace for the fantastic theme music, and of course, our core sponsors, Bioscience LA, the USC Michelson Center Bridge Institute, CNSI at UCLA, and the Keck Graduate Institute. If you're interested in exploring other BCLA events, then check out the events page on our website, bcla.org, for more information. We hold a lot of exciting events from interactive networking events to informative panels, and we would love to have you there. That's all from me. See you next time.